Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is July 29th, 2022, and our first story. D.C. is calling for the National Guard as illegal immigrants overrun the city. It would appear that Texas and Arizona's plan to send illegal immigrants to the Capitol is working. Now we're hearing Biden is actually going to be closing the border gaps in Arizona and building that wall. Shocking. In our next story, Wikipedia shutting down the page for recession. This is fifth generational warfare, psychological manipulation, changing the definition. And in our last story, Tucker Carlson calls monkeypox schlong COVID. Yo, monkeypox is transmitted through skin contact. So uh, be careful what you wish for, because if this spreads outside of the gay community, a lot of people are going to be embarrassed if this is the route they go. If you like the show, give us a good review, leave us five stars and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Democrats in Washington, D.C. and New York are freaking out because the migrant crisis has hit them particularly hard and they're at capacity. Now, it's not that these migrants are illegally entering the country and then walking up to D.C. or taking buses to New York City. It's that they're actually being sent there. Texas and Arizona have been busing migrants into Washington, D.C. and New York. And get this, it's not just Texas and Arizona. The federal government is actually sending migrants to these cities as well, and they can't handle it. Now the D.C. mayor is calling for the National Guard to help with the migrants arriving from Texas and Arizona. I must admit, I was wrong, wrong-ish. I questioned what was the purpose of Texas sending illegal immigrants to D.C.? Biden wants to bring these migrants in. They've been trafficking children. So all you're really doing is helping, I guess. But I suppose now the hypocrisy is being exposed and maybe this will have a positive impact. I still think and I will stand by the appropriate thing for Texas and Arizona to do when they have illegal immigrants in their jurisdiction is to place them on a bus, but send them back home or depending on where they come from, back to Mexico, at least where the Mexican government should be stopping this when these people come from Honduras or Guatemala. They're not doing it now. Maybe that would be better. But it's also possible that by sending these migrants to New York and to D.C., they forced the federal government and Democrats to admit this is a very serious problem. Of course, I got to say, 
It doesn't actually solve the problem. It does bring attention to it. But that's like saying starting a fire so that people notice there's a fire is a strategy. I kind of don't think so. Now, it is funny to see they're freaking out. Eric Adams of New York is extremely angry. And now Joe Biden has approved the building of a wall. Yeah, at least in one part on the southern border. So it's not perfect. Now, we are we're in a recession, as you may have heard, as much as the White House, the media are all trying to deny that we're in a recession based on any technical standard, not the official standard necessarily. Two consecutive quarters of contraction is a recession. We now have the economist saying, well, the, the, the shortfall in immigration is causing us an economic problem. Oh, wow. Here we go. Is that why they want migrants to come in to bolster the economy? I think we can bolster the economy in other ways. Maybe, you know, stop deficit spending and the mass printing of money. Uh, Those are some feasible ways that we can help get the economy back on track. Maybe bringing back energy production to the United States, stopping the ban on fracking in a variety of areas, actually helping the energy industry, be it nuclear power or oil. This is the reality. You know, I'm not here to tell you that oil and fossil fuels are clean and perfect and we should have more. I don't know. I think climate change is an issue, but I will tell you this outside of any moral grandstanding or or virtue signaling as it pertains to climate change in whatever direction for or against. If you want a better economy, cheap gas, you need to ramp up energy production. I think it's fair to say Joe Biden does not want that. Joe Biden has been saying we should get off fossil fuels. So could it be the reason they're shipping in all of these migrants is to try and artificially inflate some kind of short term economic growth? The idea being that they're going to have to buy food and shelter, create competition. Ultimately, I think illegal immigration is a problem. And The Economist actually says so. The issue is we need legal immigration that is planned. So all this is doing is actually making the problem worse. And who's to blame? Joe Biden. As much as the mayor of D.C. and New York want to claim it's Texas and Arizona, even the New York Post says federal authorities appear to be shipping these migrants into these cities as well. So maybe if these people woke up and called out Joe Biden, things could be different. Maybe if everyone got together and said we need to secure the border, things would be different. And maybe it took Texas and Arizona sending migrants to D.C. to make the statement to finally bring about some kind of change. It's beautifully ironic, I suppose, calling for the National Guard. Let's read the news. But before we do, my friends, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support our work directly. The political attacks are ramping up. Election season is near and they're getting more and more angry with me. There's been a few hit pieces that are coming out. They're trying to get me banned and canceled. If you want to support the work and make sure they can't do it, TimCast.com, click that sign up button. But also don't forget, we got a new show out. Tales of the Inverted Worlds, Tales from the Inverted World Season 2, Ghosts of the Civil War is now out, available on TimCast.com, a members exclusive, and more shows are coming. I want to make sure that everyone has a reason to be a member at TimCast.com, and if you are, we're going to give you as much content as possible. So don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Here's the story from the Washington Post. D.C. Mayor asks for National Guard to help with Texas and Arizona migrants. D.C. Mayor Muriel E. Bowser, a Democrat, said Thursday she is seeking to have 150 National Guard troops deployed to the city to help with the thousands of migrants arriving on chartered buses from Texas and Arizona, a politics-driven influx from those border states that has overwhelmed local aid groups. Quote, we need space. 
And we need the federal government to be involved, Bowser said at the end of a news conference on a separate topic. Calling the busloads of migrants seeking U.S. asylum who have been arriving at Union Station a humanitarian crisis that we expect to escalate. How dare you? It's fascinating. D.C., a federal jurisdiction, calling the migrant crisis a humanitarian crisis. Why is the federal government not taking action on the southern border? Well, maybe they're starting to, but why haven't they been? Maybe you needed them to feel the pain before anything would get done. I want to briefly mention this and we'll come back. Biden administration to close border wall gaps in Arizona. Really? I got no problem saying, you know, maybe I was wrong. Arizona starts sending wave after wave of illegal immigrants to D.C. And all of a sudden now Biden's like, you know, maybe we should patch up that hole in the southern border of Arizona. Yeah. Several aid groups assisting the migrants denounced the request as seeking to militarize a problem that should provoke a more humanitarian response in a region increasingly made up of immigrants. Quote, we need space. Uh, so this is what, yeah, I read that already. Bowser, who also has been facing calls by some members of the D.C. Council to do more to assist the migrants, formally made the request to the Defense Department last week. A spokesman for Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin declined to comment on the request Thursday, saying it is still being evaluated. The secretary takes this request for assistance very seriously. He and his team are working through the details and will respond to the mayor's office as soon as a decision has been reached. Bowser's request comes amid an ongoing surge of migrants, many from Venezuela, Cuba or Central Africa at the U.S.-Mexico border as the Biden administration seeks to end Title 42, a pandemic related policy that paused early, nearly, I'm sorry, paused nearly all asylum proceedings at the border. With the Trump era Remain in Mexico program also ending, Texas Governor Greg Abbott accused Biden of being too lax on border enforcement. <clears throat> in April, Abbott launched a program to send migrants who arrive in his state to the district. So the Biden administration will be able to more immediately address the needs of the people that they are allowing to come across the border. Full stop. Why isn't Texas just sending the National Guard to their own border to enforce their own laws? I'm sorry. As much as it's like, OK, maybe now they'll mobilize something. Carrie Lake, she's running for governor in Arizona, and she's outright said they're going to declare an invasion and they're going to mobilize. Texas should be doing the same. Why are you relying on the federal government to solve your issues? They say a month later, Arizona Governor Doug Ducey followed suit with his own voluntary program busing migrants to D.C. The burden of assisting the more than 4000 migrants who have come to D.C. since then has fallen on local aid groups, many of them staffed by volunteers who have who ha, uh, who have met the migrants at Union Station and helped them find temporary shelter or assisted them with plans to reach their final destinations in other parts of the country as they await asylum court dates. A large portion of these people never show up for those court dates. It's a sad reality. <clears throat> Samu first response, a group based in Spain that has been among those assisting the migrants is looking for lease space near Union Station that would serve as a respite center, providing temporary lodging and other basic needs part of the Federal Emergency Management Agency grant of at least $1 million it has to help those arriving. With a similar facility in Montgomery County, near capacity and the region's social services network already strained as Texas and Arizona continue their programs, Bowser said the situation has reached a tipping point that requires a more robust response from the Biden administration. In a July 19th letter to the Department of Defense, her ad administration proposed creating a temporary processing center at the D.C. Armory, the Joint Base Anacostia Balling Military Installation, or 
the Fort Leslie J. McNair Post, all of which are short drives from Union Station. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Under the proposal, National Guard troops would shuttle newly arrived migrants to that location where they, where they could stay and find help in reaching other destinations, a setup that would be similar to the federal government's response to the arrival of thousands of Afghan refugees last summer. We need to make sure that there is a national response, Bowser said today, Tuesday, not an ad hoc city by city, state by state response. I got to hand it to Texas and Arizona, getting the Democrat mayor of D.C. to say we need a national approach to this. Yeah, you do. And I can't believe it took this to make it happen. It's shameful, said Amy Fisher, a volunteer with the Sanctuary DMV aid group that has been assisting the migrants as part of a larger migrant solidarity, solidarity mutual aid network. The network and other immigrant advocates have been pushing for more city funding to help those migrants get settled. I just like to point out, I can praise that it's been effective, but I absolutely must condemn. These people are not mad. These, these, these activist groups, they're probably happy that the migrants are coming into their city because now they can shuttle them around the country. You are letting them come in. You're not solving the problem. I don't know. Maybe the idea is. Yeah, you're letting some illegal immigrants in, but the problem gets so bad, they'll be forced to shut down the border. But I'll put it this way. If the Biden administration wants, I don't know, a million new migrants to come in and then you get them in faster and then he goes, oh, OK, time to shut things down. All you have did was help him fill his quota faster. You need to take the people who are here illegally and deport them and say, sorry, but you can't enter illegally. Please apply legally. We I think I think legal immigration is fantastic. I think it would be great for our economy to have legal immigrants coming in and then creating demand for new services. But that's not what's happening. They're creating a seedy underbelly. They're creating exploitation. Children are dying in the desert. From the Daily Mail, every single American community is now a border city. Republican Kevin McCarthy tears into hypocrisy of D.C. mayor and White House for using National Guard to deal with migrant crisis. Democrats created after refusing to use them for riots. There you are, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I can appreciate the rhetoric coming from Kevin McCarthy. Where was y'all's action? I don't think the Republicans do much, but fine. Let's see what he has to say. GOP leader Kevin McCarthy slammed the hypocrisy of Mayor Muriel Bowser and the White House, considering uh, sending the National Guard to help handle migrants being bussed in the nation's capital, but not when protesters ransacked the city to demonstrate against police brutality in the summer of 2020. Hey, Kevin, 
Why don't you set up a committee when you win in November to call out and investigate the 529 insurrection? Bowser wrote a letter to the Biden administration requesting the National Guard. This we covered. So they're concerned about migrants coming to America illegally within their cities. Have they ever been to the border? McCarthy told the Daily Mail during a press briefing. They were concerned about bringing the National Guard in after what was happening here during the summers. And people's safety was concerned that they didn't think the National Guard should be there just shows the hypocrisy of the mayor and the hypocrisy of the White House. I'm sorry, man. You've got to have Texas and Arizona mobilizing their own National Guard. Let me just let me just throw some shade their way. You mean to tell me you are busing these migrants to D.C. D.C. is calling in the National Guard, but y'all haven't called in the National Guard to deport these people. I think it's a manipulation. I think it is downright dirty games. Quote, every single community in America is now a border city, McCarthy said, reiterating a line Republicans have frequently used as border encounters have soared above 200,000 each month since March. The GOP loaded, the GOP leader noted that fentanyl is now the leading cause of death for Americans age 18 to 45. Texas Governor Greg Abbott first started busing migrants from his border state to D.C. in April in Arizona. Uh, and in and Arizona, Go- Governor Doug Ducey followed suit a month later. Since the start of the initiative, more than 125 buses have transported 4,800 migrants from the Texas border to uh, D.C. and uh, 27 buses to uh, to uh, the nation's capital. So I, I don't, I don't want to rehash. We know that they're doing this. I want to show you this. A post. Monday, November 14th, 2016, from mayor.dc.gov. Today, Mayor, Muriel, uh, mayor Bowser issued the following statement, reaffirming the district status as a sanctuary city. Quote, the values, laws, and policies of Washington, D.C. did not change on Election Day. We celebrate our diversity and respect all D.C. residents, no matter their immigration status. We are a sanctuary city because we know that our neighborhoods are safer and stronger when no one is afraid to call on our government for help and when our police can focus on protecting and serving. How dare you, Mayor Bowser? You're a sanctuary city. You want these people there. You protect them and, and, and defy federal law and immigration. So when Texas and Arizona say, hey, we can't sustain this. You apparently can. Why don't you take the people? They're better off, right? How dare you then call in the National Guard? But let's be real. Are they calling in the National Guard because they're upset about this? Or are they calling in the National Guard to facilitate their processing? You know, look, I think Republicans are walking into a trap. They want more migrants coming into the country. You think Joe Biden has been smuggling children into this country because they don't want them here? The National Guard is just going to help them do it faster. In the end, it may be funny. It may be paradoxical or ironic, but I think it just helps Democrats. White House claims Republicans are sending migrants to D.C. as political pawns. As Mayor Bowser called in the National Guard, as Governor Abbott says Washington will finally learn what Texans are dealing with every day. So what? They don't care. The White House slammed Republicans Thursday for using migrants as political pawns. D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser is requesting the National Guard be activated to help deal with the influx of migrants. This is a statement from um, Corrine uh, Jean-Pierre. We've been in regular touch with Mayor Bowser and her team, she said. And I said this before about Republicans using migrants as a political tool. 
And that is shameful. And that is just wrong. There is a process in place for managing migrants at the border. This is not it. I just can't stand these people. The process is you go to a consulate, an embassy or the border, and you legally apply to enter the country. This is not the process for dealing with the problem. This is them overlooking the problem. Eric Adams is also particularly angry. Adams, Adams calls on Biden as shelters overrun with migrants. Take a look at this. New York City's homeless shelters are being overrun with asylum-seeking migrants as the nation's immigration crisis continues to worsen. With nearly 3,000 arriving in recent weeks, Mayor Eric Adams warned Tuesday, Adams called on President Biden to send additional federal resources immediately so the city can handle the overflow. If we do not get these urgently needed resources, we may struggle to provide the proper level of support our clients deserve, while also facing challenges as we serve both a rapidly growing shelter population and new clients who are seeking asylum, Adams said in a prepared statement. Adams said the added migrant burden included families arriving on buses sent by the, tax, by the Texas and Arizona governments. But in other cases, he said, it appears that individuals are being sent by the federal government. Yes, we have the video of the plane landing in New York state with migrant with illegal immigrant children coming off. And there's a guy saying if the American people knew what their government was doing, if they knew. Well, this is what's happening. The federal government is sending illegal immigrants to these cities. They do it in the dead of night. Many Republicans have called them out. But Texas and Arizona aren't solving the problem. They're helping the Democrats. They're walking into the trap or they're just party to it. I'm going to say it again. Carrie Lake, she's running for governor in, in Arizona, and she said she'd mobilize the National Guard, declare an invasion and shut this down. What is Arizona currently doing? Sending illegal immigrants deeper into the United States? It's remarkable. Eric Adams calls Governors Abbott and Ducey cowards for sending immigrants to D.C. and to NYC. Well, maybe it did trigger some action. The Biden administration will close border, uh, close border wall gaps in Arizona. This is from uh, today. The Biden administration said Thursday, it had authorized U.S. Customs and Border Protection to close gaps in a border wall in Arizona near the Morelos Dam in order to protect migrants from drowning and sustaining injuries while trying to cross the Colorado River into the U.S. The U.S., I'm sorry, the Yuma Morelos Dam project will close four gaps located within an incomplete border barrier near the dam. The Department of Homeland Security said in a news release, in addition to posing safety and life hazard risks for migrants, the department said the gaps in the wall presented life and safety risks to first responders in the area. Upon taking office, President Joe Biden called for a review of ongoing border wall projects and rescinded the national emergency declaration authorized by Trump that allowed then Trump to dip into national uh, to additional funds to build his signature border wall. I want to stress this. Joe Biden shut down the policy building the wall, creating the barrier to stop illegal immigration. Why? You know, I think it was tribalism. Donald Trump said he wanted a big, beautiful wall from sea to shining sea, and he was building bollard fencing, very tall. Not a, not a, a perfect barrier, of course. People can still get through it, but a barrier is better than nothing. Walls work. Well, Democrats lost their minds. So when Joe Biden came in, he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tear down this wall. Now the problems escalated to the point where Joe Biden has no choice but to close these gaps. 
You know what I think is they have a quota. I think they want a certain number of illegal immigrants coming in. They're creating second class citizens. Now they want to be giving them IDs. This country is being gutted and ripped apart. They say the Biden administration has been criticized by allies and critics alike over its management of the southern border. The administration has struggled to handle an influx of migrants coming to the border and lawsuits and fighting have, uh, and fighting has, have stalled policy changes. I'm sorry, lawsuits and fighting have stalled policy changes, which has resulted in more of the same Trump immigration policies. The Supreme Court earlier this month declined to freeze a lower court order that blocked DHS from implementing new immigration enforcement priorities. The court's five to four order was a loss for the Biden administration, which is trying to return to Obama era policies that limit immigration arrests in order to focus on security risks instead of the more aggressive approach taken under the Trump administration. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I give you The Economist. You know, there's that meme of the guy dressing up like a clown. And at first they said inflation is transitory. It'll come and go. Then they said inflation won't happen. Then they said, or I said it's not happening. Then they said inflation may happen, but it's not that big a deal. And then they said inflation's a good thing. Why inflation is good. They're doing the same thing with the recession. There are several articles that have already popped up several, in the past several months saying, like, here are the benefits to a recession. It could mean lowering of inflation and prices dropping now. And sure, when inflation goes up, they say the good news is you're going to get a raise. When a recession hits, they say the good news is that the costs are going to go down. Inflation will go down. But I thought you said inflation was a good thing. Ah, here we go. Now they're going to start saying illegal immigration is a good thing. It's a good thing. They've been saying it. Now, the reality is they're not saying here in the Economist article that it's illegal immigration. They're saying the real crisis is not border crossings, but a shortage of new arrivals. Sort of conflating the two. I'll tell you. Yes, it can be good for the economy when people are legally entering the country with work visas. Because someone will come and they'll be like, I do this for a living. And I'd like to come work in America. And we say, welcome aboard. Our communities can handle that. You know, Donald Trump said something when he was running in 2015. He said, when Mexico is sending its people, they're not sending their best. They're sending criminals, et cetera, et cetera. The media said he called, uh, rape, uh, he called Mexicans, you know, rapists or something like that. He didn't. He was saying that the people who are illegally crossing the border, drug smugglers, human traffickers, drug dealers, and some I say are good people. I think the reality is many of them are good people. But I would add, anyone who illegally enters the United States doesn't care for this country or its laws. I said it before. What makes a country? A country is defined as a nation with defined borders. Hmm. I thought country and nation were synonymous, but I guess not. A nation is defined as a group of people with a shared history, set of laws, or cultural background. Interesting. If people from a different cultural background are coming into this country and they speak a different language, granted, we speak Spanish fairly, you know, quite, uh, uh, to quite a great degree in this country. But if they have disdain for the laws, the law is not being applied to them in the same way. You don't even have a nation. We want people to come legally. Donald Trump said it legally. Let the migrants come legally. And now they're allowing this. The Economist says almost every day for four months, buses carrying asylum seeking migrants have disembarked near the heart of American power, just a half mile from Capitol Hill. Can I just point out these people are not asylum seekers? No, no, no. I want to make sure that's, that's clear. They may claim to want asylum. But the reality is they don't have valid asylum claims. 
there's specific criteria for getting asylum in the United States. And I think it's like 95% don't qualify because they are economic migrants. I get it, man. I got tremendous respect for these people, 100%, more so than the left in this country. I'd be down to be like, I got an idea. The left wants their socialist utopia, their woke paradise. What if those people got to go to Honduras and Guatemala, implement those policies, and we got the people who love America and desperately want to be here? I mean, sounds like a good trade, because I'll tell you this. The people that are willing to travel thousands of miles and crawl through the desert, that is some hard work for a perceived reward. What I don't like is the disregard for our laws. It's like, dude, come on, man. You know, we've we've got something good going here because we set rules to make sure it works properly. I want all of these immigrants to come to this country. I really do. I think it'll be great. But they do it legally for a reason. So we know where we can put them, like what cities have availability. How can they thrive instead? The Biden administration has just shut them in. Now they're going to D.C. and New York City. Is that helping anybody? No, they're worse off. Now they need support. They say, the border crisis has come to dominate media coverage and political debate about immigration in America. All the while, another crisis of the opposite sort is brewing. A broader decline in immigration, I will tell you this. Well, let me read. They say, net international migration that is accounting for both arrivals, whether authorized or not, and departures added 247,000 to America's population between 2020 and 2021. That was the smallest increase in the past three decades. If you want more people in this country, maybe people should have babies. Maybe if they had kids. But here's the idea. We don't want to wait a generation to add people to the economy. We want them in the economy now. That's the general idea, I guess. And it's stupid because babies make the world go round. I mean, child rearing is a massive portion of the economy. Why get rid of that? Not to mention, you need people. Elon Musk said it. Population growth is stagnant. It's on the decline in the United States and around the world. And that means our economy invariably will retract. We can't work harder and produce more, especially when there's less demand and less people. I think the problem that we face is mismanagement. We have too many people doing jobs that don't matter, getting paid money for resources we don't need to make. Like people need food and shelter and drive. But people are spending money on nonsense things, digital tool, like digital game items and things like that. They're working jobs, producing things that aren't benefiting us. It is wayward and it's wasteful. What we need is shared national passion, like a space race. Every kid in this country should dream of being an astronaut so that we can start building an international space station, developing new technologies and improving life for everybody. Instead, kids are growing up and taught to be uh, and being taught to be woke. And the problem is ideology versus innovation is causing a major problem for us. Innovation. We find ways to improve the economy by making life better and easier, giving people things they want or need. But if if it's aimless and it's like you've bought your 57th, you know, cape in your online game, that's the economy. I suppose it's better than producing plastics. But what about Developing a new kind of biodegradable material. What about building plastics that are durable, but also biodegradable or better? Or there's, there, there's a bacteria now they found that's eating plastic. There are ways innovation can save the world and make life better. Expand the economy. Unfortunately for us, we are beset on both sides by ideologues. I should say on all sides. You have nuclear power. 
And I don't mean politically left and right. I mean, we're surrounded by zealots. You have nuclear power. You want to reduce carbon emissions? Nuclear power is the way to go, baby. No emissions, high energy output, relatively safe, safer than fossil fuels. That's right. Less people have died from nuclear accidents than from coal mining or petroleum rigs drilling. Why aren't we getting nuclear power? Zealots and ideologues. You know, the left likes to come out and scream, the right are religious zealots holding us back. And I'm like, y'all are the ones stopping nuclear power. So don't come to me. I think we got to expand nuclear power like crazy. That would be fantastic. Newer generations of nuclear power, safer, stronger, better, faster, etc. But it's ideology. So these people are saying we should add more migrants. And I'm like, we should have more kids. We should teach migrants. We should teach these other countries how to produce better energy, how to live better. Instead, we're like, open up the gates. It'll feel good. Is this going to solve any of our problems? I don't think so. We're culturally stagnant. We are not having kids. Creating a massive influx of low-skill labor is not going to solve the problem. And I don't mean that disparagingly. These individuals fleeing Honduras, these are not people who are, who are tradesmen to a great degree. They're not high-level management scientists. They're low-skill workers. Again, not disparaging them, just reality. Now, they can probably do day labor and things like that, like general labor, construction, things we need help with. I'm totally cool with it. And we probably do need a lot of these jobs for those people are retiring. But what's, what's the end goal? I'll tell you what I think the end goal is. When The Economist writes about this, it's a surf class. They want to give these people IDs, but not citizenship. They want to allow them to work and receive benefits, but not vote. So you will have an underclass of surf labor. I'm not about that, man. I don't like that idea. Maybe the Democrats do. Not me. I want people to be equals, to work together, to share their ideas, to share their culture, to live peacefully, to have free speech, to learn the truth about reality so we can make better decisions, live better. Maybe one day travel the stars. Ideologues. They don't know or they don't care. And tribalists. They especially don't care as long as they win. This is what we're faced with. I think we've got a problem with Democrats and Republicans. I think the Republican solution here is stupid. Maybe funny. Maybe, maybe it's working to some degree. Maybe it's giving you an emotional release laughing at DC scrambling. But I in, I, in the end, just think Democrats are happy it's happening. Oh, no, they're sending in more migrants instead of deporting them. Okay. A legal process would be fantastic. I don't understand why they've just dis- done away with the legal process. And now people are coming to this country and they're getting sick and they're dying in the desert and the media blames them. Well, I'll tell you this. These people, they're going to give them IDs. They're going to let them work and receive benefits. They don't need to vote in elections. They just need to be counted in the census to give electoral votes and congressional seats to the Democrats so they can win. And I hope you realize that's the long term play. The more illegal immigrants they bring in, the larger their population expands. They bring in to one state 750,000 people. They get a free congressional vote. They get a free electoral college vote. Unsustainable and unethical. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. As I was doing research on several stories, I got an ad from Jamie Raskin. 
the Democrat who lied about me in the January 6th hearing. And he said that Donald Trump's cult is spreading lies and propaganda and we need your money. And I'm just like, man, these people are unscrupulous. The Daily Mail reports Wikipedia joins in the gaslighting. Online encyclopedia suspends edits to its recession page after users scrambled to change definition to match Biden's claim that the U.S. is not in one. I'm just at a certain point grateful, tired, but uh, grateful uh, to a certain degree. And grateful maybe isn't the right word, but I'm just I'm just saying like when the lies are so brazen and overt that it wakes people up for you. I'm like, okay. You know, I'm not going to cry about it. When Wikipedia suspends edits, when the president and the press secretary and the media all start running the lie that we're not in a recession, I think regular people just start to wake up. And this is actually good news. That's frustrating, right? Because we experience the lies and the gaslighting over and over, like all the time. And we want it to stop. And that's why I brought up the, the, the Raskin ad. I mean, it's pure gaslighting. These people, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say they are evil people. Now, you've got the banality of evil, meaning they're just stupid and blindly marching along. Or you've got the malicious evil. They know they're lying. They know the dirty game they're playing. And they don't care. That, to me, is just pure evil. Now, I, I have the moral and ethical philosophy of telling people the truth and letting them decide for themselves. And that means... We face very serious challenges. But the moral and the morality and ethics of this are, are interesting. You see, these people who want to centralize, control, and manipulate, they seem to think that that is good. It's almost utilitarianism, the idea being the ends justify the means. We must be that guiding hand for the poor and ignorant masses. The problem with that is no one human is really, truly better or smarter to a certain degree. I mean, obviously they're smarter people, but no one is smarter than the summation of humanity. No one person could make a toaster. And so that's the point. I happen to believe that decentralization is the most secure path for humanity to succeed. And if you take a look at, I don't know, evolution or science, I mean, it's just reality. Homogenization of gene pools, eugenics, these things don't work the way these people think they will. They think they're smarter than you, and they're not, and they're dangerous because of it. So the economy is in bad shape. Fine. Tell people. They can feel it anyway. Instead, we get this. <clears throat> but I want to start off with something. Um, I want to uh, start off with something to make a direct point. And this is a video from December 19th, 2000, C-SPAN. I'm going to play for you this video of Bill Clinton. Mr. President, what do you think about a recession? Well, a recession is two quarters in a row of negative growth. I don't think we're going to have that. But we couldn't keep up 5% growth a year, you know, forever. So most of the, I think 49 of the 50 blue chip uh, forecasters think that growth will be 2.5% or better next year. I'm, I'm just, I want to make sure you, you heard what he said. The reporter said, I want to ask you about a recession. Well, a recession is two quarters in a row of negative growth. I don't think we're going to have that. Bill Clinton, December 19th, 2000. A recession is two quarters in a row of negative growth. You don't need me to tell you this stuff. They've been saying it. RNC research with a statement from Nancy Pelosi saying, you know, a recession is two periods of two quarters of negative growth in a row. And now they're revisiting it and saying, 
Well, that was negative growth. Here we go. Wikipedia. The page for recession was altered at least 47 times over a roughly 24-hour period, with an administrator locking unregistered users out until August. The edit freeze comes as members of the Biden administration have tried to argue the country is not in a recession by casting doubt on the word's definition. It's frustrating sometimes, huh? Take a look at this revision history. You can see here on the, in, the, in, the, in the image, the IP addresses editing Wikipedia, typically anonymous users, the user, uh, and then the, the usernames are registered users, and they're having an edit war. Here's the important point about this. This is the fifth generational warfare that I often talk about. This is the civil war. I know, I know. Some people are like, no, come on, man. When you say civil war, it's got to mean something like people fighting in the streets. Yes, yes, to a certain degree. And we have seen that. But this is conflict. It's just subversive. So it's cold conflict. Maybe you call it a cold civil war, whatever you want to call it. But this is how the game is being played. At the highest levels, you have people like me making content, calling out lies and things like that to people like you. Many of you watching also participate in various ways, also making posts on social media and calling out the lies. Unsuspecting regular people who don't pay attention are trapped in a cult. They say that the, the, the Trump cult is the problem. That's what Raskin was saying. Not true. Trump supporters watch my videos and then make fun of me. They're not in a cult. They're exposed to information outside their sphere. I'm, I'm talking specifically about the Trump supporters over uh, at uh, our good friends over at Patriots.win. They routinely will post, you know, IRL episodes, but then say, you know, they'll, they'll call me a cuck or whatever. That's 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 that is proof. I'm sorry. It is. When you have a group of people that firmly believe something, but they actively engage with content they don't agree with. That is not what a cult is. A cult is when people are isolated, can only receive certain information, are, are following a narrative and have preachers or, or uh, proselytizers, etc. You get the point. The Democrats will believe every single lie every single time. Now, maybe it's not true. What I mean is they at least pretend they believe it. And they come out and they just, it's, it's mind numbing. There's, there's, there's a, I, I got to tell you, man, there is a tweet going viral where this leftist posts a clip of Lauren Boebert who said we should have five days to read every bill and the left are making fun of her for it. And I'm just like, these people have no principles. May, what? Thomas Massey, someone posted this too, this famous image where he's got 4,000 some odd pages and 19 hours to read it. It's impossible. Not just reading it, but understanding the legal implications. Impossible. Five days, Lauren Boebert's asking for, and they made fun of her because they're in a cold. They're like, I could read a whole 600 page book on a day. You have multiple bills going, go, coming forward and no time to read them. These people don't have a moral framework. They have a tribal framework. So when something bad happens, the cult just goes, nope, nope, not recession. Actually, a recession is technically different. Bill Clinton said it. It's, it's, it's truly, truly amazing to see these in real time. Now, again, 
And I said early on that I'm grateful because this, I think, can wake up a lot of people. You have to be seriously at the back end of the bell curve if you are to fall for these manipulations. Now, I think it's fine to say technically there is an official definition of of a, a recession, but this is the technical. This is the colloquial understanding of what a recession is. And it's been for like 50 some odd years or I think 48 years. Look at this consumer price inflation. It's, it's inflation is through the roof. Gas prices are through the roof. We can feel it. And now we're being told it's not happening. And the crazy thing is there are some people that believe it. In a weekend interview with NBC, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said this is not an economy that's in a recession, but we're in a period of transition in which growth is slowing. Oh, take a look at this. It's, it's amazing. I Google searched, are we in a recession? The Washington Posts. They don't say it definitively. They just say GDP report shows US economy shrank. CNBC. The economy may look like it's in a recession, but we still don't know for sure. The Atlantic. Is this a recession? Wrong question. No, it's not. The, it's not a wrong question. Are you joking? CNN. Are we in a recession? Yes. No. Maybe. I love it. All of these outlets saying, what is a recession? And is the US in one? Is the US entering a recession? Yo, it's it's simple. CNN. So are we in a recession or not? Here's what Kiplinger, here's what experts say. It's simple. Yes, we are. And you don't need me to tell you that. I mentioned this the other day. Ad rates for us took a big hit. And it's been going down quite a bit. And it's like, oof, it's brutal, actually, seeing ad rates uh, get hit so hard. Not in every facet. You know, direct sales seem to be going okay. But programmatic sales took a big hit, and that's because it's more of a distributed network. So you will you will be hit across the board when small businesses stop buying programmatic ad, which are automatically distributed. You'll see that. Whereas direct sales, you know, our sponsors like our show and target, you know, our audience specifically. So we see less of an impact there. But you just I, I, I can see the slowdown. I, I've been able to see it for months. Why would the media come out and just say, we don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Yahoo News. Are we in a recession? No, JP Morgan strategist explains. I'm tired of the gaslighting, the manipulation. I think you get it. From BET, Black Farmers Association president says food shortage is near, warns Biden. We're going to see empty food shelves in the coming months, BFA head John Boyd predicts. Here's one of my favorites. Look at this one. Gas prices are plummeting across the country. I love this. I love this narrative. It's the big ask, essentially. You know how it's like some days it's really, really hot out. And so what you do is when you're sitting in your house and the air conditioning's not working, you go under the covers. Maybe it is when you're a kid and it gets really, really hot. And then you throw the covers off and it feels cool. Yes, because temperature is relative. You're actually making the problem worse, but it feels good for a brief second. That's what this is. Gas prices are dropping. You've probably noticed, but they come out and they're like, gas prices are down 43 cents. And you're like, oh, that's good news. Wait a minute. Gas is still at 450. Yeah, it's still brutally bad. It's just down from the $5 that it was. Wow. $5 a gallon for gas. You know, what's funny. What we see here with the Wikipedia manipulation, with the media manipulation is evidence of the absolute disconnect 
of the media from the people. And it's something we've known about for a while. Why are the polls wrong? How did they miss Donald Trump's victory for the presidency? How did they how did they miss that in 20s in 2015 and 2016? The polls were all wrong. These people live in ivory towers. They are disconnected from reality. And so when they write these thing things, they think they're they're uh, throwing down to the people. The information, um, dude, I think I can tell it's getting bad when I go to a gas station and I have to actually buy the gas. I think I can tell it's bad when I go to the supermarket and there's literally no produce. So you can write all of the articles in the world. And then when I show up to the supermarket and I'm like, yo, these people are crazy. So here's the funny thing about all this. The gaslighting, the lies, the manipulation. This is good news. It has become so insane. It's a funhouse mirror to reality. And I think this is waking people up. Not everybody. There is a cult, and it is the Democrats. To the things I see posted by these people on, on Facebook and, and Instagram and stuff like that, you know, because I have thousands of people who um, I've have friended me, you know, from Occupy and from across the political spectrum. And they're just saying things like gas is dropping. You know, Biden is doing a good job. And I'm like, y'all were posting memes saying that Joe Biden couldn't affect gas prices only a few months. Only it was like a month or two ago. Now you're saying Joe Biden's policy is working. Eat that, conservatives. They post these memes that fly in the face of their own ideology. They mock the, the, the appearance of people on the right while claiming they, they're against body shaming and things like that. It is nonsense tribal cultism. Then they say those Trump supporters sure are in a cult. Dude, when you espouse the talking points of the corporate press and major corporations and every celebrity without question, you are the cultist. So this is why I think this is good news. Regular people, we're trying to win. This is the, this is the, the information war of, of the fifth generational conflict that we're facing, the Cold Civil War. You can say we're in the recruiting phase, I guess. But you know what? When a regular person has to ask why it costs them 100 bucks to fill up their gas tank, you can just be like, look, man, Joe Biden said he wants to get the U.S. off fossil fuels. I don't know about anything else. You can believe whatever you want. It's not Joe Biden's fault. OK, well, what do you think happens when the president starts banning fracking and says he's going to get the U.S. off fossil fuels? Do you think that would make prices go down? No, it's going to it's going to hinder supply. So maybe there are some people that are lost causes. You'll never convince them. But maybe now, finally, when you show them articles like this, dude, you know we're in a recession. Your wages are stagnant. You're struggling to find work. Your gas prices are too high. Your food costs are going up. Your business is slowing down. All of these reasons. And then say, Joe Biden says we're not in a recession. And you know what I love to do? There's a rhetorical game you can play where if you're trying to convince, say, a Democrat about what's going on, you know, about about the rea reality, you can't go to someone and just slap him in the face with the truth. You can't do that. I mean, I think that's the that's that's the way you do it. But you can also just, you know, be a little sarcastic. So when they say something like, you know, I'm, I'm having a really hard time right now. Gas prices are super high. I don't understand. I can't afford this. You know, people aren't coming to my restaurant anymore. Tips are down. You just say, oh, shut up, you Republican. We're not in a recession. If you're struggling, it's your own fault. Joe Biden says we're not in a recession. That means any struggle you're facing is because you're a loser. Maybe a little harsh, but you get the point. 
Whose fault is it? If you really think that we're not in a recession, that gas prices really are down, that there's no food shortages and that Joe Biden is doing a good job, then who the are you to complain about it? No, you should be celebrating all of it. Hey, carbon emissions are going to go down because you can't afford to buy gas anymore. That's good news. Why don't you buy an electric car if you got a problem with it? You see, here's reality. I think electric cars are good. I do. I think they're convenient. I don't know about offsetting carbon because those batteries are difficult to make. They're still cars that have to be produced using fossil fuels. And the energy for them still comes from natural gas and coal, sometimes nuclear, depending on where you live. Me, I've, we, we got solar installed, but the solar panels themselves require petrochemicals, petroleum, fossil fuels to manufacture. I think it's good that we would try to diversify where our energy comes from because we don't want to be susceptible to oil crises. If, you know, maybe oil is better purely just for energy return on energy invested. But let's say there's a supply chain crunch. We still need a way to maintain that energy. So consider it this, using oil to build geothermal wind and solar power is effectively storing access to that energy from the petroleum. I think that's great. You know, you can't rely on wind when it's not windy. You can't rely on sun at night or when it's storming. You can't, I think you can typically rely on geothermal for the most part, because I don't think in our lifetimes we're going to see volcanic and, you know, uh, underground activity stop, but I could be wrong. I think those things are less reliable, but they're great to have as backups to maintain, a, you know, uh, the flow of electricity in the event uh, petroleum and natural gas and these things are curtailed. So it's smart. But anyway, I digress. The point is, I think we can do better. I think we should. I think it's good for the economy, actually. A lot of people seem to think that the real reason they're pushing electric cars is to save the auto, auto industry, which is a large portion of our economy. I certainly think so. And hitting gas prices forces people into buying alternatives, which props up the auto industry. You know, the economy relies on your continued purchasing of goods. That's why we have planned obsolescence. But what happens when you have too many gas vehicles on the road? No one's going to buy a new car. They're going to buy used cars. And that's not bad. I mean, that, that, that there's still commerce happening. But the manufacture of new cars, hey, man, those are jobs. That gives people work. The left seems to think the answer to all of this is universal basic income. That doesn't seem to make sense. I, I don't think it will be. I think that would just drive inflation and then people would stop producing across the board. You can't have an economy where, I don't know, auto manufacturers are given stipends to not make vehicles anymore. Farmers are being paid not to farm, but then regular people still have to work. Then you basically have a surf class, people who get money for free and people who don't. I don't see it working. And so therein lies the issue. The machine needs you to keep buying the economy in order to avoid a recession. They may be doing what they can to avoid it. But it doesn't seem to make sense. I, my, my view on all of this is the machine is broken. I believe that if they were honest with everybody, told them the truth about what was happening, told them the truth about the recession and explained people need to buy stuff at a certain rate. We'd be better off. A decentralized network trying to solve problems is better than a single centralized authority because that single individual and those, those single those small groups they're not smarter than the summation of humanity. Now, humans are dumb, but what I mean is humans are intentionally kept in the dark. We have, we have stupid people and we have smart people. And 
Hierarchy is not a bad thing. Having some smart people guide the machine can be good. But lying to people so they make incorrect decisions puts bad leaders in place and then causes a system to crumble. You will reap what you have sown. And this is exactly what's happening. I wanted to highlight this story because, man, my friends, please share this stuff with your friends, your family, because in my view, this is what wakes people up. Tell your friend when they're like, I can't afford rent. Be like, that's your fault. You must be a loser because we aren't in a recession. Joe Biden has done a great job. What's wrong with you? Yeah, clearly they're going to be like, dude, nothing. It's like, well, maybe you should wake up and stop voting for this stuff and stop believing the lies from the corporate propagandists. We're in a recession, my friends. It's brutal. They lie. Remember before 2008, the Great Recession, they said, everything's fine. Bye, bye, bye. And then people didn't destroy their lives. Prepare for the worst. Hope for the best. Do, do your thing, but be savvy and smart about it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. An emergency has been declared in San Francisco and in New York over monkeypox. The World Health Organization has put out a statement saying that gay men should refrain from engaging in adult relations. But this has created a weird, paradoxical news cycle where on Fox Business, Ned Ryan, who was recently on Timcast IRL, was called bigoted because he said basically what the World Health Organization said. And then the response from the other guests were like, it's not about being gay. And he was like, NBC News is reporting that the gay community is experiencing an outbreak of monkeypox. It's not about being bigoted. It's about talking about the science. Now, I'll tell you what does not help the situation. Tucker Carlson did a segment the other day where he said that he did an audience poll and they came up with a new name for monkeypox. Okay, okay, let's slow down there a minute. You see, apparently, uh, I think the World Health Organization, or uh, it may be the CDC, I think the World Health Organization wanted to change the name of monkeypox because they think it's racist or something. I don't know. And so they were going to change the name. And then Tucker is making a joke about it by calling it schlong COVID. OK, well, it's not COVID. It's a pox. And I get it. I, I want to tell you guys something for this. I, it, it doesn't it doesn't do it for me. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I think Tucker is, does a good job of debunking and calling stuff out. But I just get, ah, man, it's somewhat frustrating when you get stories like this that uh, uh, it's just, it, it, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I just feel like it's not doing anything. But I will say Marjorie Taylor Greene recently made comments on Twitter that, you know, about Dr. Rachel Levine that a lot of people laughed at. I'm going to be completely honest with you. When I talk to regular people and tell them what's being said, they laugh at it. When I tell people about Tucker Carlson, like, what are your thoughts on this? I'll message them. They're like, it's hilarious. But, you know, I wouldn't say it publicly, right? Because the, the, it's, it's, it's meant to be a joke, I guess. I think what people underestimate, what the left underestimates, is that Americans like offensive comedy. They like offensive jokes. They like it. They like it when a guy goes up on stage and insults members of the audience. To a certain degree, I, I think it's funny, too. But it's always when it's, like, in good fun. And this is the issue right now. Newsweek says Tucker Carlson slammed over homophobic new name for monkeypox. Cruel. Here's the real big news from TimCast.com. 
San Francisco and New York declare public health emergencies over monkeypox outbreak. Global data show viruses primarily impacting the gay community. Well, Tucker doesn't care about the people who are mad. They don't like him. He doesn't like them. That's not going to change. So that's what he does. And there's probably a lot of people who watch this, you know, watch my shows who are like, eh, they like Tucker. He's fine. Well, I don't do that, right? I won't, I won't, uh, granted, I very recently insulted some public officials, but, uh, you know, for the most part, I try to refrain from this. So, you know, uh, I guess let he who's without sin cast the first stone. Here's the story. Tucker Carlson has been accused of homophobia and being cruel after joking about changing the name of monkeypox. On his Thursday night show, the Fox News host joked that the decision to change the name of the disease as cases continue to be concentrated among the gay community. In early June, a group of scientists, many based in Africa, issued a position paper calling for a name change for the disease to avoid the negative impact it was having on people from different communities. Hold on there a minute. What? Okay, wait. They said, quote, we propose a novel classification of MPXV, monkeypox virus, that is non-discriminatory and non-stigmatizing and aligned with best practices in naming of infectious diseases in a way that minimizes unnecessary negative impacts on nations, geographic regions, economies, and people, and that consider the evolution and the spread of the virus. Monkeypox got named because it was first isolated in monkeys. What are you saying? This is the problem with these people. They're like, Tucker Carlson's being homophobic, man. And it's like, dude, these people are associating monkey, the word monkey with racial, giving it racial connotations. That's insane. Monkeys exist. You know, it's the craziest thing because we put out the, uh, we had that shirt. We have the shirt. I am, I am a gorilla. And there were people tweeting that it was racist to be like, I'm like, dude, it's a meme about a book. It has nothing to do with race. If you look at monkeys and gorillas and think racial things, you are racist. And that's what it is, isn't it? It's crazy to me. Carlson also shared a clip from his show on his Twitter page where he said that due to a popular vote following a poll, monkeypox will now be known as schlong COVID. Monkeypox is about the coolest name for a disease. Can't come today. I've got the monkey, Carlson said. Okay. But they're changing the name of, of, because of racism or something. Well, for once, we don't know who they are, and we're not going to allow it. We are going to change the name this time. We're going to do it with the public's help because democracy is real. So we had a vote. There was no ballot harvesting. You can trust our vote. <laughs> you can trust our counting. And the new name for monkeypox is now officially, and we are declaring it Schlong COVID. That won our audience election result with about 40% of the votes. So let Rochelle Walensky at the CDC know. I'm, I'm curious, like, what is this? What is this? Adam Schiffelis, Hunter Hives, midterm variant. What does this solve? You know, and this is the thing that really gets me. When Tucker Carlson says something like this, like. I guess a lot of people find it funny. His audience enjoys it. I'm sure, like I mentioned, there are people who watch my show probably enjoy it, too. And my attitude's just like, dude, I am trying so hard to create the rational space where regular people can be pulled out of the cult. This is a weapon against that. Now, I suppose you could argue that we often say we're having fun, we're laughing, but this comes at the expense of others, or at least it could be perceived that way. In which case, you know, I get it. I get the joke. It's, I know a lot of people are laughing at it. It is what it is, man. In response to Carlson, journalist Maria de, de Los Angeles tweeted, Tucker Carlson, schlong COVID, not only sophomoric and unbelievably cruel, 
It's also not original. And to prevent COVID-related erectile dysfunction, add to prevent COVID-related erectile dysfunction in 2021. Oh, no. Schlong COVID was already used because people got ED from COVID. Terry Kennedy said, you're such an effing a-hole and homophobic straight male poser, pox. Dude, I just don't. I Whatever. I'll admit that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's tweet, I think, was over the top. And we all kind of laughed like, you know, we had uh, Jamie Kilstein on the show and he was like, how do you take something so reasonable and turn it into that? And we're, so Marjorie tweeted about Dr. Rachel Levine. And the point was like saying something like we shouldn't be giving children sex change operations. I think most people, the overwhelming majority would probably agree with. And then Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted something that offended a lot of people. And it was silly, but it did bring attention to it. And I suppose the issue here is no one who hates Tucker is going to like them, like him if he's a reasonable person. So he's going to keep being, keep on being Tucker. It is what it is. I don't, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I guess people are, the people who like it, like it, people don't, don't, and they're never going to like each other. Maybe that's pessimistic. That's why I try to avoid that, at least for the most part. I'm not perfect. You know, here's the real big breaking news. The reality is monkeypox is spreading among the gay community. That is not to dig at them for being gay. But I don't care if you're gay, straight or whatever. If you are promiscuous and spreading diseases, there is something to be said about your responsibility for what's happening. And the problem is you, you had Ned Ryan go on Fox Business with Kennedy, and he said, he basically said, stop going to gay orgies. This is real. It's not meant to insult people for being gay. It's literally what they're publishing. In, uh, uh, in New York, to get the monkeypox vaccine, you have to be a gay man. You have to have engaged in, in relations with multiple anonymous individuals to qualify for the vaccine. And you have to not have it. Okay, well, look, there are these threads where they're like, stop preaching uh, abstinence. It's not going to happen. And I'm just like, dude, there is monkeypox. The World Health Organization is saying you got to be responsible, but they're not. We get banned. We get attacked. We get insulted for calling that out. That's nuts. To see Fox get woker than the woke on this one, woker than NPR. NPR has run numerous stories about how monkeypox is impacting the gay community. You know, but Fox business. Timcast.com reports. San Francisco and New York State have now both declared health emergencies over breakouts of the monkeypox virus as cases climb and vaccines are limited. San Francisco's emergency declaration is a legal action that mobilizes city resources, accelerates emergency planning, streamline staffing and allows the city to have its costs reimbursed in the future by state and federal governments. San Francisco showed during COVID that early action is essential for protecting public health. San Francisco Mayor London Breed said in a statement, we know that this virus impacts everyone equally, but we also know that those in our LGBT community are at greater risk right now. Many people in our LGBTQ community are scared and frustrated. This local emergency will allow us to continue to support our most at risk while also better preparing for what's to come. They shut down churches. They made your children surround their desks with plastic and wear masks. The least they can say is it's time to stop for a little bit. They did. New York, I believe it was New York City or maybe New York State actually put out a PSA saying not to engage in relations. They said, stay fully clothed. Be careful. No kissing, no cuddling. 
Here's what you can do, they said. But they're not doing anything hard and strict. And I think the issue is you can't. Monkeypox is spread through bodily fluids directly. So, you know, people are going to have postules all over their faces and hands or whatever. And people are going to know to avoid it. It's spreading because people are choosing to engage in relations. That's it. So shutting things down would be the same as a respiratory ailment. New York State's health commissioner also issued an emergency declaration on July 28th. Based on the ongoing spread of the virus, which has increased rapidly and affected primarily communities that identify as men who have sex with men, and the need for local jurisdictions to administer vaccines, I've declared monkeypox an imminent threat to public health through New York State. State Commissioner of Health Dr. Mary T. Bassett said in a statement, Currently, San Francisco has 261 confirmed cases. There are 700 reported cases in California. New York has 1,341 confirmed cases. Globally, there have been more than 21,000 confirmed cases, according to the latest data from the CDC. The data shows the United States has become the capital for monkeypox cases. I mean, just come on, man. Say, unlike COVID-19, monkeypox is not a respiratory virus, and it spreads through skin-to-skin contact. It can also spread through sexual intercourse. So I want to warn all of you people, Tucker fans, you're making these jokes about it. It's going to be funny when you get it. And why will you get it? You're going to shake someone's hand. That's right. Someone's going to have a filthy hand. They're going to shake your hand. You're not going to wash your hands. You're going to get it. And then you're going to be like, uh, and then everyone's going to point at you and be like, schlong COVID much? What have you been doing? There are stories about children getting monkeypox. And the insinuation is that they're being abused. You need to understand it could be from cuddling. It could be from spit. It could be from people just being dirty people and touching other people. It does spread that way. The reason it's spreading primarily among the gay community is because for a a virus like this, intercourse contact in high volume is going to rapidly spread bodily fluids, to put it simply. But I'll tell you this, my friends, you want to come out and make these jokes, someone's going to shake your hand and you're going to regret it. As health experts have warned, monkeypox is primarily impacting the gay community. The New England Journal of Medicine published a study showing that around the world, 98% of people infected with monkeypox were gay or bi men. According to the data, 75% were white, 41% had HIV, and the median age was 38. Transmission was suspected to have occurred through sexual activity in 95% of those infected. The World Health Organization on July 27th recommended that gay and bi men limit their number of partners to protect themselves and help slow the spread of the virus. Okay. When Ned Ryan came out on Fox and said that, they called him a bigot. Dude, it's just so insane. San Francisco has announced that it will receive an additional 4,220 vaccines to treat the outbreak. The health department initially requested 35,000 vaccines, but has only received about 12,000. New York will have about 30,000 doses allocated for upstate and 80,000 for New York City. In addition to vaccination, officials are recommending... Ask your partners whether they have a rash or other symptoms. Avoid skin-to-skin contact with someone who has a rash or other monkeypox-related symptoms. Contact a healthcare provider following exposure or symptoms. If you or your healthcare provider suspect you may have monkeypox, isolate at home. If you can, stay in a separate area away from other family members or pets. I'll stress it again, man. When you have a disease that spreads through skin contact, of course, people who are having orgies are going to have a higher, um, a higher propensity towards contracting the virus. 
But that doesn't mean it can't be spread through just shaking someone's hand or giving them a hug or cuddling with someone. So this is not nearly as infectious as many other ailments. It, it is, is a several thousand people around the world. Pay attention to the, to the issues, you know. Now, I wonder, the one good point that Tucker Carlson made was that he said it was the midterm variant, meaning it may be that with November coming up, there is an issue at play to scare people again to help secure votes for one party or another. Perhaps. I'll tell you, something seems to be happening. New York City Emergency Management, they put out a, a PSA on nuclear strikes and how to survive them. They now have this from a couple days ago. A go bag has everything you need in case you need to leave home in a hurry. Every household member should have one, including kids. What will you pack? Non-perishable snacks, bottled water, copies of important documents. For more ideas, visit nyc.gov. Why is New York City telling people to have go bags? Okay, look, I think it's a really good idea. Do you have a go bag? You should have a go bag. No joke. Let me just, you know what's funny? I love that they're putting out this PSA when I did uh, ads for safe and ready meals and people were like, Tim is promoting emergency food. What an idiot. Now your city is telling you to have your non-perishable foods. Uh Uh-huh. Do you? Or are you some moron who is like, I'm not a prepper. Have a go bag. Why? Uh, Let's say a fire happens. What are you going to do when you're sitting in your apartment and a fire breaks out? What are you going to bring? Are you going to panic and try and what do I grab? What do I grab? Or do you already have a go bag and the fire breaks out and your bag is right by your door and you just run and grab it and run out? Maybe there's shoes right next to it. Slip ons. Here's what I recommend. Easy to slip on shoes next to your go bag. Marie Colvin, I believe was her name, a journalist. She was in uh, Syria and they were evacuating a building that was being shelled. She didn't have shoes. She ran back in to get her shoes. The building collapsed on her, killing her. I believe that's the story. Now, a lot of people laughed and said, she went in for shoes. I can't believe it. That's so irresponsible. No, you need shoes. You see, being out in a battlefield with shrapnel and glass shards during shelling without shoes, you're in serious trouble. Now, she probably would have been better off with bloodied up feet than being dead. That's a reality. Think about that when you're putting together your go bag and there is something that may be happening. Have shoes, have a jacket, have everything you might need. Now, in the context of what's happening with these emergencies, my point is, with the midterms coming up, they're going to try and convince you to be scared. Be scared, vote for us, we're the only ones who can help you. We've got a monkeypox outbreak, and the photos are horrifying. People are posting photos of the outbreak on their faces, and it is... I got I'm not going to show these photos, man. I... But you look at those photos and you're going to be like, I ain't touching anybody. New York and, you know, you, don't, you do not want these postules. It is horrifyingly sickening. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. It's just this really gross stuff. So pay attention. But I may, maybe they're just trying to rile you, rile you up and scare you. So the New York, you know, New York City is coming out and being like, do you have your emergency bag? What if a nuclear war happens? I suppose, though, people tend to vote Republican. They tend to vote law and order when there's emergencies. So maybe this will all backfire on the Democrats. I have no idea. What I can only say is we should be treating the monkeypox pandemic seriously. When, it, when the outbreak first started, it wasn't among gay men, or at least we didn't see it that way. And a lot of people told me it wasn't going to spread and that it was just overhyped nonsense. 
Now it's spreading. Now there's talks of, you know, policies to control it. Yo, I don't think they're going to lock you down over this because it's hard to spread. But they are going to they may put in place restrictions that can benefit them. And they may say this. We don't want a pandemic to avoid that. The smart thing to do is universal mail in voting. That's right. We don't want you going to a shared space where everyone's touching all of the things. And then that contact could result in monkeypox. You don't want monkeypox, do you? We need universal mail in voting. It's the only way. That way it's safe, because by the time the letter gets to you, it's not going to be contagious or infectious. And when you drop it in the mailbox, no one's got anything to worry about. But if you go to a polling booth, who knows who's touched it? Someone could sneeze or get bodily fluid somewhere and you can touch it and then it gets in your mouth. And then you don't want monkeypox, do you? I mean, to be honest, kind of a fair point. Yeah, I don't want monkeypox. But I wonder, is the threat really as severe as they're saying it is? That's the question. With San Francisco and New York declaring emergencies, it may be fortuitous that an election is coming up, but it's still a ways away. So the question is, will it get worse? Unfortunately, I think the answer is yes, because we've already seen many of these men who've been infected say outright they will not stop. And if they won't, it's going to spread and it's going to spread rapidly and probably hit every corner of the gay community. And it will spread outside of the gay, gay community. So when uh, Tucker Carlson makes his joke and says schlong COVID, and you, know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be careful. You know, don't tempt the fates, man. Because Tucker, someone's gonna shake his hand, and then what? Well, to his credit, he's like isolated somewhere anyway, far away from cities, so he probably won't get it. But sooner or later, these people who are laughing about it will find they'll find it'll find its way to them, unless you get out of the cities, you take precautions, you wash your hands, you treat it seriously. Treating it like a joke, I don't think, is gonna be a good thing. You know, I got to be honest. I'm sad to see these people are getting sick. I, but, I, but I will also say, dudes, you need to just take two weeks off. Two weeks. If every, if, but you can't trust people. What do you do? Um, have a committed relationship. Don't have anonymous encounters. Take the advice of the CDC and the World Health Organization and all that. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.